everyone, and welcome to episode 76 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about games and movies that we either played or watched over the week and give opinions on them. My name is Barry, and I am not flying solo as Craig is absent on vacation, but don't worry, I've assembled a team. I've assembled an Avengers-like team of, of people to help me get through this podcast. So it's the not Avengers just me, but... Wish. <laughs> that too but it's also just not a podcast of me just talking to myself <laughs> on this podcast today we have two returning guests uh craig craig squared please go ahead and say hi i am craig squared hear me roar and then i also have rachel here hi happy to be back thank you very i'm not doing something stupid like craig <laughs> <laughs> that's all right we didn't say it was stupid <laughs> So it's okay. We, I did. I mean, we just <laughs> we're just going to get through this as a trio here and just have just have fun going over news stuff and talking about news. It's our first segment of the day. So first off, we'll stay away from the PlayStation showcase first, and we'll just go into <laughs> the other parts of the news that were announced during the week. Uh, first of all, for me is NVIDIA leak suggests that maybe it or uh, Square Enix leak kind of was leaked from an application called NVIDIA or from NVIDIA and it maybe leaks Kingdom Hearts 4 which <laughs> everybody here knows that I'm the, I am the resident Kingdom Hearts uh, specialist so I, this has to be my first news thing here it's kind of obvious uh, that they're working on Kingdom Hearts also like Final Fantasy 16 Final Fantasy 7 Part 2 remake crossover HD high definition 24 7 edition and uh, there's a chrono cross remaster i never played that but that's an original ps1 game apparently but you know uh it showed a bunch of square enix games and just to hear that they're working on K kingdom hearts 4 that's enough for me it's just enough so how big is their team because we we're getting like all of these like updates uh for example like ghostwire tokyo got um delayed until next year be due to the health concerns of the team themselves and yet here you are listing basically a lot of their mainstays being worked on like what it, i'm assuming is at the similar if not same time not to mention aren't they uh project athea which is what something i guess we'll talk about later in like the playstation yeah. showcase which is now renamed Forspoken, is also on their list as well how many people are on their team like just their general maybe it's not so much how many people as and maybe these games just have titles we they're probably maybe not even making some of these but of uh, this is a japanese company square enix and the japanese like work labor laws there is like you show up to work and you don't complain about it <laughs> so <laughs> no matter how bad the conditions are so maybe they're just working uh just just through everything whereas mm -hmm. you know we hear all the horror stories about blizzard cyberpunk and all of the other like crunch related workspaces going on in the gaming world right now Anything where rockstar makes exactly Anything, yeah yeah so you know maybe that's just the way japan is you know they all of their developers 400 of them or something they never complain no matter how overworked they are because <laughs> that's something in the japan culture that like you really don't talk about uh, is like overworking and that kind of thing they, they just kind of accept it and move on so you know, we have to see. I'm excited, though, that Kingdom Hearts 4 throw me more of that timeline where I have to figure out where it fits in 
with all of the characters do like a couple of games that are in between three and four and then one that's after four and then one that goes before one but after four somehow like just it has a lot of numbers it. but none of them really make sense in a timeline <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get you have that. to watch a two-hour uh a, a two-hour explanation of the timeline <laughs> yes. in order to make sense of it all exactly just just give it to me sora sora donald and goofy that's sora yeah. That's really surprising to me. I'm not a Kingdom Hearts person. I know a little bit about it. my best friend growing up was really into it, but uh, didn't it take them absolute years to come out with with Kingdom Hearts three? It did, it did. yeah. It did. Like, and, and that's why I'm not saying that like, oh, Kingdom Hearts four is coming out within the next two years. Like, there are so many games that like the Square Enix like property is working on right now that I'm gonna go with. It's just like okay. We have a Kingdom Hearts 4, and we'll work on it eventually, maybe after Final Fantasy 16 or any of their other projects. But that's that's kind of what I'm going with. Is it's They're just titles that they know they're going to work on and not so much stuff that's maybe in constant development. Yeah, the promise of things to come is accepting, even if it takes a George R.R. R. Martin amount of time to get there. You know, which is basically what... <laughs> good two analogy, three, good analogy. Two, thanks, that's yeah, what that two to good. three was. Because I think two came out in like 2005, 2004. Oh my God, was it that long ago? Yeah, it was It was PlayStation 2 before at least I'm dating myself. I left high school. I was playing. <laughs> I was playing Kingdom Hearts 2 definitely before I graduated high school. So we'll see. We'll see how long it takes. Can confirm Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2005. Good God. And that, but to be fair, there was like a DS game, a PSP game, another DS game. <laughs> right. Like there, like it's not like the series was not being worked on for you know almost fifteen plus years. But you guys get it. Yeah. You guys, we pretty much gave you a whole explanation of there's like four games that are half games, and one game that's a direct sequel to the game, and then another game that's resetting the timeline from another game. You know, it's it's all that fun stuff. It's time travel, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We'll just buy the game and not ask questions. It's like Apple. Just buy it. Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions about the timeline. Just en- enjoy all the pretty colors, all your favorite yeah. Disney characters. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't look too close. So what other what sto- what news stories do you guys have? Craig uh, squared. We'll go with you first and then we'll go with Rachel. Um, I don't have much news. The one big thing that I did like was that there is a PS5 update um and i kind of like some of the things that you can do with it uh there is also an announcement of upgrading the storage on your ps5 safely with the correct components which i'm also excited to see because there was obviously when the system came out all of that speculation of even which externals worked correctly with a ps5 and they kind of they kind of kept everything close to the cuff on that um, at least with a variety. But one of the things that I uh, am excited about is is expanding the storage on my PS5 in addition to some of like the small things that they're doing with the, uh, the PS5 update as well. Um, there's like new social features. One of the things that I like that they're doing is in the PS5 app, you can actually... So like, let's say you and I are playing a game together, Barry, or let's say you're just playing a game and I'm sitting at home and you were telling me about a game I had to check out. 
I have the ability to watch your gameplay from the app. So you remember like that one day where we had each other's screens while we yeah, were playing just, and we tried that yeah. out when the systems first came out. So that, but on your phone. So like cool. I can watch you play, I don't know, Returnal or whatever, or just whatever game you're playing. I think that's a nice added feature specifically because there are times where I do want to watch my friends, but I'm either spending time with my wife or I'm working or something. My wife. Sorry. My wife. My wife. My wife. (laughs) So I like that added feature just to kind of point out one highlight that really stuck out to me. Um, They're obviously trying to increase the social content or the social aspect of PS of the PlayStation community, even though it's already quite social. Um, But that's one thing that stuck out to me uh, in terms of news. Yeah, with the major PS5 update, I will say by the time you hear this podcast, it will be out. The update officially comes out on the 15th. The podcast, this one, will be out on the 16th. So by the time you hear this, you will be able to update uh, or upgrade the storage on your PS5 with the appropriate M.2. My only suggestion for that is go to the Sony blog to read the requirements for what M.2s you need and make sure that you're filling out all those requirements because god forbid you put in or you get one of these put it in your console and it doesn't work or your console overheats burns up the entire playstation and now you're out of ps5 and an m.2 yeah and a warranty rachel oh well i uh i was pleased to i i don't have a whole lot that's that's currently going on but i was following the the apple versus epic trial pretty yeah uh, pretty yeah. closely that was mm. that was something i was really interested in i can't say i'm not pleased that that apple lost that one i think it was a really <laughs> it was so it was just so corporate apple on their part to to be so mad that fortnite was getting around their their rules for taking so much money from app developers and it's not like epic games is wanting for money or anything like that but it sets a really good precedent i saw apple is um appealing to it i do not think that that's going to go through but we'll see what they do when it goes into effect i think on the 19th is by then they need to have allowed all that but I don't know. It's Apple. <laughs> Who it knows what Apple. they'll do? They'll kill a man for that to to get their <laughs> microtransactions back. Mm-hmm. Tim Cook in a sweater vest is wriggling. Yeah, I can't get my <laughs> my Fortnite money. <laughs> Tim Cook playing Fortnite angrily. <laughs> yeah, they've gotten around my security. <laughs> all that, all that fun stuff. But yeah, uh, that that is a major uh, news story for when it comes to the future of mobile gaming and how mobile games are going to be able to maybe make some of their money their own way and without having to have Apple take that or take, you know, 60% of it just from it being on their app store. So it's good for small and it'll be more beneficial, of course, to bigger one to bigger um, game developers as well mm-hmm. on that app that I offer microtransactions of uh, just a couple of the other smaller news stories I have. The Alan Wake remaster has been announced and it's coming out next month. Yes. Uh, just last week, we were taught we were saying how Alan Wake was kind of um, like being leaked and being announced. I didn't like and they said fall. I did not expect it to just be OK. Here it is next month. These are the kind of uh, <laughs> like game announcements I like, because when we talk about the PlayStation showcase, we there are announcements for games that we have to wait two, three years for. Yes. But 
with Alan Wake, and it is a cult classic amongst a lot of people. I know that I never played the original Alan Wake, but I I'm definitely excited to to try it out uh, for the first time, and hopefully uh, this remaster gets the attention it wants. Because if it succeeds, there are rumors that they will be making Alan Wake too. I'm in your boat, Barry. I have not played it, but I I wanted to cross paths with it. If that makes any <laughs> sense, um, I, the, what I saw, and again, again, we'll go to the PlayStation Showcase. But I, what, what I saw from the PlayStation Showcase, I liked in terms of the footage. So hearing we we less often hear that it's actually coming out sooner than we expected, and we obviously hear more often that it's going to come out later, years later, months later, things like that. It's getting delayed. It's getting this. So it's nice to have some refreshing news that way. Definitely. Yeah. I'm Did you end what up what they'll do yeah. for that to to continue to continue Alan Wake because because they kind of they they mentioned it I, I don't know a whole lot about Alan Wake either but I know that it was it was a part of the DLC for for Control right was tying in Alan Wake in the Control universe mm-hmm. and yep. like it's been so long since that game came out I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to see what they would do to continue it and um, add in the world of Control with it too. I still need to play controlled. It's kind of one of the things that I wish I had played. I have like I have I have the ultimate edition downloaded on my PS5, but you know, you guys know me. I'm like playing like juggling 17 different games all at yeah. once and I Yeah. Some get some some stuff gets lost in the sauce. There's just no way around it. With talking about delays, as you mentioned, Craig, Dying Light 2 Stay Human delayed until 2022. Uh this was supposed to come out late December. Yep. Uh, you know, so be it. Uh, one one quote that I was reading from a game developer at Nintendo was, and I'm pretty sure he's pretty famous, but the the name is escaping me right now. It's going to bother me. But it's like, uh, a delayed game. Like if once you release a game, the bad game will stay bad. But if like a delayed a game, a delayed game can be good. So if they're delaying it for the right reasons, trying to fix up all of its patches and everything like that, or it's not running as well as they want, makes sense. Go ahead and delay it. Um, do, oh, Miyamoto. Do what's best yeah, for your, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it was Miyamoto, and I don't remember the exact quote. but A delayed can. game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. That's what there it was. There you go. Ooh. Look at that. Wise let's, words let's, from Rachel. Let, yeah, let's etch that in stone. That's- I would li- I would rather I have always spoken about like just in favor of delays in general. I don't think that games should be a delayed. I think publishers really need to start giving developers the time that they need or like just eliminate crunch culture entirely. But if someone if I have a favorite game that just Andromeda, for example, like that's it's a terrible example because it was broken on release, but like they kept delaying it over and over and over again. It's my favorite franchise, but I was like, so they're delaying it to make it better. Why? Why are we mad about this? Yeah. I understand, yeah. but like get some patience. You want it to be good or do you want it to be just an absolute mess? Yeah, you want it to be like when people are developing games, they want it to be a masterpiece. They want it to at least be as close to a masterpiece as possible. And the time is required for that. And I'm not upset about Dying Light 2 being um, delayed. What's funny is I actually was toying with pre-ordering that two days ago. So I'm glad I didn't. Um, Because I have a weird thing about pre-ordering games that then get delayed. I wonder if like 
something's going to happen with my pre-order, so on and so forth. You know, it's you got your gamers anxiety anxiety talking there. <laughs> but but um, if what they're trying to do is very ambitious with Dying Light Two, and they're trying to obviously create a world that's larger. They're trying to. I mean, on the last podcast that I was on, I was talking about how they were uh, saying that there was like 2,000 or 3,000 animations specifically for parkouring in that game. So if you don't want that game to break or if you don't want that game to lose um, its luster or why people are utilizing it, just take the time, make the announcement. Some people will grunt and groan at the beginning, but at the end of the day, if we get a better game, I will wait. I will wait for the better game. And you know what? They're you know? still going to buy it. It's like everyone's going yeah. to, everyone will complain and it'll be this big deal for like a little while. But you know what? That delayed game, they're still going to buy it when it comes out. So like, yep. why does it actually matter? Like you're at it that doesn't. point, you're just complaining for nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at Halo Infinite. You think Halo Infinite is going to sell worse because it's been delayed 15 times? No. <laughs> oh, no. Halo Infinite is going be to funny. be like if for, if for some reason your parents kept waking you up and like telling you that Christmas was tomorrow. Like you woke up on the 25th and your parents were like, what oh, a, Joe, what an analogy. What an analogy. Tomorrow. I and felt like, the oh, disappointment just <laughs> yeah. listening to that. And you're like, you're so mad at your parents, but you're like, you know what? Okay. And then you go to sleep and it's going to be, it's like that. It's going to be like that. It'll and it's going to come out. And it's gonna... It'll be different tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be different tomorrow. Santa is going to be here tomorrow, won't he? Yeah. Won't he, mom and dad? Tomorrow. And Santa, in this case, is just you know Master Chief, seven foot six, green armored, with like, <laughs> yeah. standing Here's there with the star on top of his head. Yeah. We're hanging ornaments from him. <laughs> Here's your Halo Infinite. Here's your Halo Infinite. But yeah, but yeah, you know, that's that, that's pretty spot on right there. And then the last news thing before I get into before we get into the PlayStation showcase is there is a rumor going around and it's probably pretty true. If I'm being honest here, next year's Call of Duty is going to be Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 with uh, a continuation of the reboot of Modern Warfare. Uh, the story mode is suggesting that it's going to be based on like uh, Mexican or drug cartels. So it's going to be a different story mode. But anything that gets me more Captain Price, more Ghost, more Soap McTavish, I'm all for. So the the story mode in like Modern Warfare was just that good. It was really mm-hmm. good. It was um, and the gameplay and the multiplayer was a lot of fun. So I'm all for what the, for what this game's going to be just give me more of the modern warfare and give me more of like the, the few main characters and call of duty that like people actually remember and know and are memorable in a way. Yeah. You will always remember price and nothing wrong with a good drug cartel, you know, that always spices <laughs> things up, you know, you bring one to a party. Put that on my or grave. A <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. wrong with a good drug cartel. Yeah. I mean, if you go, you know, like you're just saying, hey, I'm coming to the wedding, but I'm bringing the drug cartel I was telling you about. Spices Ah-ha! it up. Spices it up. They're going to love you for it. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. My, sorry. My and one is the drug cartel. <laughs> yeah. My and one is the drug cartel. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> They'll take the um, fish. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I just hope the multiplayer is good. Uh, Cold War's multiplayer just didn't do it for me. And if okay. Vanguard doesn't do it, I'm hoping that Modern Warfare 2 does. But I digress there. So 20 minutes in the podcast. Let's get into what people are waiting for, which is the PlayStation Showcase. 
uh, which was, in my opinion, pretty much just E3 for PlayStation. Like it was just E3 for PlayStation three months later. Yeah, uh, practically. So we'll go over some of the smaller announcements before getting into the bigger ones. Um, Project Eve was a now was announced. I've got no idea what this game is. It looked like Bayonetta and a mixture of like a Dark Souls, uh, like Bloodborne. a Devil May Cry yes. or Dark Souls. But uh, all all you could ever pay attention to was the protagonist's butt and the ray tracing on that thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the power of technology. Every, every camera angle on that main character was just ray tracing on that skin suit like tight outfit that she had going on <laughs> i have my 3090 specifically for, for the ray tracing of the butt physics yes love it oh my god it it i hope the gameplay is just as like fun as bayonetta like i i do really like the bayonetta franchise so i am interested to see what this game's all about because the monster design looks just as weird uh, with like it just looks like black gunk and teeth coming out of it and metal arms and that kind of thing it kind of gave mm. me a near it, yeah, it also well. had a Scarlet Nexus vibe with that too. Yeah. Scarlet Nexus tried with that weird, that weird enemy, uh, like design type thing. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I I think I I am personally excited for this game. It's an anime game, so of course, like it's right up my alley, uh, f- for the most part. But the that's that is Project Eve. We then go into Borderlands Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Uh, this is of course a derivative of the Borderlands franchise uh, and me personally I'm actually kind of excited for this uh, mm-hmm. Borderlands 3 it's been a while since I played Borderlands 3 but I did end up beating that with Craig but uh, I kind of like this idea of this is more of a D&D fantasy type game like yes there still is going to be guns of course but uh, like there are characters with like D&D type weapon, uh, like weaponry and special abilities. I just think this is going to be a really good, fun co-op game. And I like that they're kind of trying to go into more this mystical verse type thing mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, the franchise. Do you, are, do you guys plan on getting that game at all? I don't own a PlayStation. <laughs> it might be on PC. It might still be on PC and Xbox. I don't, I don't know. Think I'm it's so... I think when it gets closer to the date, I'll start paying more attention to it. I, I'm i always hesitant to get to a little bit too excited or interested in um, games that I don't have a very good idea of what it's actually going to be. Yet, yeah. um, I really don't trust a lot of the early trailers for things because the games usually change so much before um, before they actually come out. I, uh... Yeah, it makes sense. I, I see where you're coming from, Rachel. Um, I have maybe 20 hours of Borderlands 2 under my belt. I know random out of the three, but Borderlands 2, I played it with my wife. And uh, we we definitely like the art style and everything like that. I forget what made us stop. I think individual, we branched off to different games and then we never went back. I like the vibe. Um, I don't know if I'll pre-order it. I don't know if I'll get it at launch, but I'll definitely take a look to see how it's doing to see because I did like that D&D vibe that they they really hammered that home. It was a very energetic trailer, definitely. And I'm almost curious to see how large the world and the amount of hours you can traverse through that world because, I mean, Borderlands, historically, you could go on for days and days and days and days. So I'm wondering how big they made it because, like, was it like... 
it's a standalone game, right? It's not DLC. And yeah, I'm, it's a standalone game. You got it. So I was, I'm kind of wondering where they shifted time wise. And you know, I'm big on time about games. Like, did I get my money's worth with, you know, like at least a game like that? Um, like open world and such. So I'm, I'm interested to see how long it takes to play the game. I'm interested to kind of just follow it, but it's not going to be a, you know, totally just gun ho pre-order for me at least. Yeah. Next up is going to be Ghostwire Tokyo. Totally which, pre-ordering. Mm-hmm, yeah, we're, absolutely. We're, we're starting to get into a bit more about like what this game looks like. It's going to be. Like, it looks like it is, like, and I'm kind of getting why it's, like, Ghostwire Tokyo, and it looks like it's going to kind of take place or have monsters from Japanese folklore in it, because I did see a lot of that come through through this trailer, where in other trailers I didn't really notice it or see it, where, and I had this thought today, maybe Ghostwire is a game that kind of goes into other, other, um, like, places, or, you know, where there's, like, Ghostwire United States, where (laughs) or something like that, or, like... That could be cool. Uh, where it's more based on like maybe U.S. horror, that kind of thing, where it's um, it's different. But Ghostwire Tokyo, I'm I'm interested to see what it looks like. Uh, they kind of show off that the main character is a pretty generic main character, it seems like. And he uses some sort of um, abilities with his hands in order to be able to cleanse whatever spirits are in this realm. It's still really much a mystery what this game is about, but I'm interested. Rachel. Rachel wants to say something. No, I was just thinking magic fingies. You got the magic, oh, magic hands. Fingies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It looks um it looks great. I see like I, there's like an umbrella incorporated as well it seems. Yeah, something um, like it. If I could play a game where all of the characters were All right, I'm closing my eyes for this. Just Wait, okay. Just, if, if I could visualize game, give me give me the visuals. Fa- I don't know how familiar you are with Junji Ito, but if I could oh, play my goodness. a game yeah, so yeah, yeah. all of the yeah. enemies were drawn by him then i would play that game for the rest of my life but like not to say that this is even close to that but like just to kind of show the imagination of what a something like ghostwire tokyo can can do because there is such a rich culture a rich japanese culture with which like all those type of um either apparitions ghosts things of that nature are are explored that i mean we can get into a 40 hour conversation of why Japanese horror is some of the best horror, but that's not what we're going to do today. Um, (laughs) But like, that's, there's such a creative aspect that comes from the Japanese culture that um, not only I appreciate, but many people do. And that's why I'm kind of interested, interested to see what other enemies and what you're going to be fighting against and how, how different the first person nature is going to come into effect too. Cause I was so glad it was first person in the stuff we saw. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Um, they really could not show that game again until it's release date. And I would still buy it with as much enthusiasm as I would right now. Preach cool. Greg preached all cool. of that. There we go. I'm I'm sad it got to, but this goes back to the delay thing. I was sad it wasn't exactly, a Halloween yeah. game. It ma- it was really cool that it was thinking about an October date, but let's get it right. Let's get it right. That's that's what's going to matter most is getting it right. We then have a game we talked about earlier, Forspoken, uh, which now we have a bit more of like a of the story plot's very weird here. Let me just yes. get that uh, out of the way first. 
we got a story plot where we play as a girl from New York who gets teleported to another world and has this magical band like bangle type thing. Uh, and it talks to her and kind of gives her lore about the world and is probably what's letting her do the magical powers. Um, while the the story itself that's been revealed is very weird and I've got no idea what it's trying to do or where it's going with it or why this girl was teleported to this realm because usually, you know, you're chosen, you know, for <laughs> to go into this realm or something. But the special anime protagonist. Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm more interested in the combat. Like typically when you're a mage, like in a game, you're usually the person that's fighting in the back, casting spells where it seems as though in this game, she's kind of up front and has a plethora of spells at her disposal, whether it's, you know, water, ice, fire, jumping around, uh, like physically boosting herself or something like that. It seems like this is going to be like you're a mage on crack uh, <laughs> is, is, is what I'm getting with this. You're you're a mage and you're just going to be able to kind of do whatever you want. And they kind of uh, show the, the main villainess if you will, in this game as well. And it looks like it's going to be uh, this kind of just magical storyland type thing where you're going to be sent to this world for whatever reason to still be determined and to get this villainess queen for and killer for whatever reason. But I'm I'm much more interested in the combat and to see how that plays out, which we didn't get to see too much of. It's a pretty looking game. And it looks like Square... Um, Square Enix is trying to tie us over. I know that's not the full intent of the game, but while you're still trying to pump out the latest Final Fantasy and such, um, this is the perfect game to distract people. Because like I've been, I've been playing Square Enix games since when they were Square Soft. Like, yeah, like, that like, dates like you. Back in the day, <laughs> yeah, that definitely dates me. So, I, uh, I'm a loyal square i mean i still accidentally call them square soft sometimes like that's how like that's how many like games i used to play from them so i'm excited to see where it goes they completely changed the main character from project athea because like, like like the 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 girl looks different yeah like, like i think she was a red hair she had like an aloy vibe when they were doing project athea so they just like completely changed the make of her um, so I didn't recognize it. It like tricked me. I was like, is this, is this project Athea? Like I turned to my wife. I was like, is this project Athea? We were on this. We were looking at this. <laughs> and then lo and behold, I saw like one mage water smell spell that they did. And I was like, yep, that's, this is it. Like oh, she's running, she's jumping. I, I'm excited. Um, uh, probably I've been on a pre-order like tangent, but I probably will pre-order that too, but <laughs> but I, yeah. I'm dedicated. I like that they're they're doing it. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up is going to be the first game that they showed off is Knights of the Old Republic Remaster. Oh my God. Yeah. I never played. No, I have played Knights of the Old Republic. I never got too much into it. Cohort. But it is it is a remaster and i am just happy for all the people that are that are getting this remaster and i'm excited to jump into knights of the old republic as this remaster is coming along uh One of the it, best star wars video games honestly it it seems like all of the best star wars stuff isn't canon like the 
the Timothy the Timothy Zahn series with uh, Thrawn and everything like that was some of the best Star Wars stuff I've ever seen. Uh, like the Clone Wars was fun and was some of the best stuff that I'd ever seen. It just feels like anything that actually comes out of George Lucas's mind is like not that good now. And everything <laughs> coming from everybody else is what's better. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm excited for it, but I don't have much of an opinion on it either. We didn't really get to see any gameplay. We just saw, you know, a lightsaber and the uh, the main villain. That's all you need. That's all you need sometimes. I love that that's what gaming teasers look like. You get this very brief clip of something and then maybe a title screen and everyone loses their minds. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes. Oh I my god, can't... the Elder Scrolls 6 over a panorama of the <laughs> of the Skyrim. Like <laughs> Wow, I didn't well realize done. it was going to take place in the wilderness and with villages like literally every other Elder Scrolls game. Well done, it's, Rachel. It, well done. It's kind of like it's kind of like everything where like even this PlayStation thing announced like, oh, GTA 5 is still coming, and it's like, yeah, we know GTA 5 is still coming. Could yeah. you could you not? Like we get it. It's been ported to like th- seven different places now. So, oh, speaking of it. could you not? Very, 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 very <laughs> yeah, small yeah. tangent. Yeah, we yeah, know Deathloop came out today. We know it. Yeah. Why did you spend another seven minutes showing another varied aspect of gameplay with that? I I get selfish with these with these showcases. I want new content. I want new games. I had a list of things that I wanted to see. Some of them I did, some of them I didn't. Oh my God, Deathloop again. Like PlayStation, at least at their showcases, really wants you to buy Deathloop. Like they really, really do. And it felt kind of like, you know how like Apple or like some major company would pay to have time no matter what. It almost felt like there was like some like underlying thing where like, it's like we have to get more Deathloop attention. There's not enough pre-orders. It's 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 like a couple of days until it comes out. I like and don't get me wrong. I have a Deathloop copy in my bag right now that I have yet to put in my PlayStation to download. I pre-ordered it and I'm still telling you this. They wasted seven more minutes of my life with another <laughs> Deathloop gameplay showing. It's gonna I it's OK. Don't like just ugh, throw it to the side and show us seven minutes of something else. Um, and tangent and brand. I think they're putting a lot of eggs in their arcane bas- basket because they know that they, I mean, Dishonored, Dishonored 2, yeah. Prey 2017, like those were, those were good titles and they make, they do what they do very well. I, I've liked pretty much anything that's come out of arcane. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we have to top what we've already done. We can't make another Dishonored. Well, why don't we make a Dishonored, but like there's a lot more guns Yeah, <laughs> and it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> and it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> With with Deathloop and uh, like what I will say is I feel like maybe they're trying to take advantage of this probably being one of the last like and I didn't even realize this is a PS5 exclusive like it's not going to Xbox mm-hmm. oh, or anything yeah. like that. But maybe they're trying to take advantage of it because this is probably going to be one of the last things that we get to see from Bethesda until, you know, oh, Elder yes. Scrolls six, which will inevitably come out on all consoles, whether it's a timed exclusive or not. But you know, Bethesda's bought by Microsoft now, and I had a fee- and maybe Sony just wants to like get this game out and try to get as many people on it as possible. Like the the reviews for Deathloop are surprisingly very good. Right? I did not have high expectations for this. Did you game. not think so? I 
I, I didn't expect it to review this well. I'm well, sorry, I but assumed everyone was going to love it, honestly. <laughs> it's, it, it's, a, it's a time loop game. Like, us as gamers, we've played this type of thing before. But it's we've... arcane, which means they're going to do it well. True. That's the thing, is that it's all about the publisher. You can just... I mean, I'm, I'm preaching choir. You guys already know this, but, like, you can... You can take a trope repeated over and over again in in gaming or gameplay or like just a style or a story that you tell, but you tell it differently. You make it play differently. And it just just adding that little bit of uniqueness is sometimes all you need. And mm. Arcane polishes their stuff and makes such beautiful worlds. Their world building alone is why I love them so much in the games that they make. Like a time loop, sure, it's been done over and over again at this point, but it's never been done by Arcane, and that's what matters. Yeah, yeah I, like I'm, I'm going to be giving this game a try. I, I'll probably wait till it becomes forty bucks. Hopefully, I can still <laughs> get a copy. Yeah. Then, but uh, I I am excited to eventually try it once I catch up on my inevitable backlog, uh, which is only going to grow bigger after this holiday season. Oh God, yeah. I know. Yeah, Barry, you can borrow my copy if you want. Oh sweet, yes, I'll take that. That's a win for me, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, I'll talk. Uh, I'll combine these two because they're smaller in a way. Before we get to, of course, the two huge things, uh, Gran Turismo Seven. Another demo came out. Yes, the game looks pretty. There's a photo mode. It's not coming out till March. Uh, so, you know, you're gonna have Horizon Forbidden West in February. Gran Turismo Seven in March. So that's a pretty decent lineup for um for PlayStation. Like just for me. I, I just so much prefer street racing and that's what Forza is for me. I think that's like, that's one of the reasons why I got my Xbox and why I, you know, race on Xbox. Yeah. But for people who love Gran Turismo seven, fantastic for them. I'm happy. Uh, the Wolverine game announcement kind of came out of left field. Uh, yes. I love, I that. know uh, I, I am excited for a Wolverine game uh, insomniac studios. Like, and we'll talk about them again. They, they also have Spider-Man 2 yep. uh, that was announced here, but we're focused on Wolverine and uh, Gran Turismo 7 for now. But Craig, you're so excited. I just got to let you get it off. Just go ahead. Tell it tell us. Tell us right. what you want with Wolverine. So when the trailer dropped and I didn't really know much, I must have looked away from the TV, but then looked back and I was like, are they showing us more like Suicide Squad game footage? Because I saw like kind of like the trashed bar. It could have been like I remember the footage that they showed of, showed us from Suicide Squad, and I was like, no. And I was sitting next to my wife, and we're looking at it, and you know, you obviously see the guy pull the knife, and you see him walking up to a gentleman of like very muscular stature sitting at the bar, and I was like, wait, bar. Uh, this guy sitting at a bar with his head down, and then they turn <laughs> and they show the bloody, like the bloody and bruised hands was when i made the connection even before the claws so i'm getting hyped and my wife is wondering if i'm like convulsing because i'm looking at the bruised hands and i'm like this is oh no they, they're not going to are they and then they just show the claws just come out and i was like wait and i exclaimed and you don't use that word a lot to describe it but that's the perfect way i exclaimed in my apartment loudly scared my cat it was it was a whole thing and it was beautiful and i haven't reacted to a trailer like that before i just i can't believe they're doing it like i can't but anyway continue it's going to be great continue yeah just just with wolverine i'm interested to see what type of game it is there's no release date it just said it's in progress so we have no idea when it's coming out so 
Uh, like that's really my only opinion on any of that. How about you, Rachel? I, uh, it, I'm not as quite to the same level of passion as Craig, but it just <laughs> looks really cool. Like I, yeah. <laughs> Wolverine has got to be one of my favorite superheroes in the mainstream superhero uh, media. Um, I just, I really love his story. I really like what they've done with him in the in the most recent iterations. Uh, and making a video game with him like that's arcade style all over again mm. like like the claws you could just have such a good beat em up <laughs> um wolverine is m like marvel's batman to me like the but wolverine has powers isn't a millionaire and not a playboy i'm thinking more of the dark desolate fighting with themselves before i even knew i was focused on in a superhero psyche i apparently was at like eight and nine years old <laughs> like uh, <laughs> but like to me they both represent a specific portion where they they're they're two gentlemen who are fighting with their inner demons and they have tough outer shells and minus what their physical capabilities are at whether suman or superhuman or normally normal human i like the man and what the man has to fight with in terms of his own inner demons and how they choose to deal with it. They, they push away, they isolate themselves. Um, there's like random, I know Wolverine does this more, but more hiatus, like where's Wolverine been? I don't know. Like he's just off riding somewhere trying to find his, what his purpose is. But I just like what both gentlemen have to do as masters of their craft in their respective worlds but then also how the one thing they can't really master is up here like where like and, and in here like i know you guys can't see me so when i say up here and in this here, is great podcasting I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah this is this is yeah this this is the stuff people are like yeah this is what a podcast is yeah. all about He's in here us. and in here whatever that yeah. means <laughs> I, I like I like how both of them have to fight uh, what's going on in their head and in their heart at the same time, and what actually everybody around them also has to deal with, too, because both people harbor these friendships and these loved ones over their uh, respective timelines and uh, written lives. That you often have to see them deal with that too. So anyway, that's a big rant. It's a weird reason to like a particular superhero. I guess at eight or nine. I guess not at my age because i'm like oh you struggle with with a bunch of things too <laughs> like like so no that's um, a that's a it's a it's a really good connection i think to to have and yeah. to make yeah so we'll talk about the the two big boys next um they're they're like being delved into like into the dirt so i'm not gonna go too much into my opinions on both of these but i'll i'll, I'll do a quick little thing and then i'll let you guys go into it uh, Spider-Man 2 coming out of 2023. I did call this. I want everybody to know I did call this publicly. <laughs> I uh, I am the first one to get it correct. Uh, I'll bow down to me. Uh, second is I know the big reveal there is Venom, but I'm pretty sure that's Craven the Hunter. Yeah. Uh, like in, in all of Marvel and everything, Venom is not Russian. Uh, he's 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 a yeah. New Yorker. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for is that, it, you know, in the first Spider-Man, there was kind of like, you know, all of this build up to the Sinister Six or Sinister Seven, however many it was. And 
Uh, and then kind of the story can end up unraveling into this next thing and the next thing where I think it's going to do the same thing here where it's going to start off with Craven or we're going to start out with Venom and then it ends up being something bigger uh, just in general. And then for God of War Ragnarok, uh, yes, I'm super excited for it. I like where the direction is going uh, with it. Uh, I like that Atreus is older. And yes. when the one voice line where Atreus says, Stop, you know, stopped acting like a father and start acting like a war general. Like I lost my mind just because of Kratos's history. Like I'm going to go with Kratos ends up and like ends up revealing more about his past to Atreus, which is why Atreus says that line. But Atreus has no idea what that what that means to Kratos. And we're starting to get this softer side of Kratos that we didn't get to see in the first three games because all it was was anger. Uh, anger and blood fueled rage. Yes. So, um, getting to see the side of him, I just really enjoy. They did say that this is the last of the Norse saga, which I took is yes, this is going to be the end of the Norse saga for this, but it sounds like they're going to be going into other mythologies, which I am all for God of war from like the Aztecan Mayan, like, aspect oh my god, i like wow. i want an egyptian gods game so badly <laughs> I, I would take that too but like for me and like my spanish heritage mm-hmm. like the mayan type of stuff like the stuff i grew up learning and like loving i i am so down for that because one of the gods is like um Qu- uh, quetzal quota uh like is the like ruler of the yeah. sun and like it's just mm-hmm. this ext- i'd love to see kratos get beaten up by her <laughs> It would just be just it, I, I would pay for that. But, you know, I said I wouldn't say too much because these games are being, you know, dissected into the ground. But before you two get like kind of into your impressions of them, if you only had one of these games and you could only play one and only one comes no. out, which one do you pick? Craig goes first. Why and I'm going to give you a five second timer, a five second timer um, Four, three uh, Ragnarok. Two. Okay, there we go. See, I, I had to force you to make a decision there. I couldn't let you think. But Rachel, your turn. I'm sorry, I'm not as fun because I've never gotten to actually play the 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 previous titles. But yeah. like what I know of the games, I think I think God of War suits what I like. Um, cool. Spider-Man right. Just making sure. Just making sure. Just getting everybody's vibes checked here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, go Midway ahead. Midway vibe check. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and, you know, if you guys want to talk more about these games, I'll let you guys take the lead here. Um, you go for it, Craig. You you know this way more than I do. Uh, so uh, with Spider-Man, I wanted to I wanted to know if I was one of the or if I at least in my friend group or the people that I know that like video games was one of the only people who noticed that like the voice didn't match venom when he came out of the darkness um i was excited for venom venom is one of my favorite antagonists um and which is funny because he kind of does like a both side thing depending on what yeah, but yeah i think he's more of an anti-hero almost yeah, now exactly. especially to what the movies portray him as but as soon as i heard like the voice out of the shadows reference us i was like it's venom it's venom coming and I was excited, maybe not equally as excited as Wolverine because Wolverine was completely out of left field. Like, but with Spider-Man, I think that's going to be nice um, to kind of bring him back into the video game aspects because he's kind of been 
not in it, uh, at least with uh, recent Spider-Man games. And I know Spider-Man has, isn't Spider-Man, doesn't Spider-Man have the most like bad guys or one of the most like antagonists? Because yeah. like I'm pretty Actually, sure he yeah. has like a laundry list. And I know that it's it's hard to incorporate them into every game, every movie and such like that. You only have a certain amount of time to be able to kind of create these backstories and get get somebody who you're fighting. But it's just really nice to have him in it again in 2021, 2022, 2023, when the game actually released and see what they do with him modern wise. And I will end rant there because I, I want more gameplay and such like that. The other thing I did like about the trailer is possible cooperative mode where one person plays as Miles Morales, one play, person plays as Peter Parker would love that. If it's It Takes Two with Spider-Man, oh my gosh, people are going to call off work. Uh, people are not going to visit their families on major I didn't know that Peter Parker and Miles holidays. Morales were getting divorced. Yeah, like if you can play, if, yeah, if you can have a situation where they can do like an It Takes Two aspect, at least with like, not, not actual gameplay of It Takes Two, but if you can do cooperative with one person as Peter Parker, one person as Miles Morales, think about not only the awesome conversation you have with your friend to figure out who's Peter Parker and who's Miles Morales, <laughs> but then the ensuing gameplay of being able to use those iconic recent characters in those two respective games but together to fight off whatever you have like that was the other thing i took from the trailer and that i'm excited yeah. about uh but to also go to the other aspect ragnarok oof, yes 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 yes, yes. <laughs> um i didn't think that i would be equally moved by thor's brief appearance <laughs> in the trailer as when he was normally hinted and like hinted at the end of the game. I thought that it would just be like stale for me. Nope. Saw the hammer. <laughs> Saw the electricity by the hammer. I felt the same. It was great. Um, Atreus and seeing a lot of the returning characters. And then one, was there a new character? The one who had like the octopus who was like kind of going around. There was like a guy that I didn't recognize, but I recognize. Yeah, yeah he's new. He's new. Okay, yeah, I recognize the uh, the Forge Blacksmith Brothers, obviously, um, and Atreus and such like that. Like, I'm, I'm I want to see the next chapter of fatherhood of like Bob Saget fatherhood that like <laughs> that Kratos is, is utilizing because part of the 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 awesome aspect of the first game was just hearing Kratos slowly soften slowly yeah. as the game progressed and seeing Atreus in his in his uh nagging aspect he's a kid you know um but them going on this journey together and them finding themselves as a father son um aspect so now that Atreus is older there's a new challenge which comes when you hit his age versus the other age i want to see that di i want to hear that dialogue i i want to hear their back and forth i want to see what new things he can incorporate. It looks like Kratos has new powers. I saw a grapple. Were we able to grapple in the first game? Now I'm like forgetting on the spot, but <laughs> um, the new enemy type, but like a returning kind of enemy vibe, the map looked and felt the same from what he, what we saw. Yeah. But like with a different twist, there's just, there's so much going on and the game is rightfully so one of the best games in history and I can't wait to see what they do with the sequel. I know they have a different director, like creative director and such like that. However, I 
I fully, I fully believe in him. I believe in the studio. I believe in the game. I can't wait. It's, it's going to be great. All right, Rachel, you have anything you want to, you want to add on to that? From what I know about the, about God of War specifically, everything Craig said sounds exactly on par. Like I really, I like to, I really like, uh, I respect uh, Kratos as a character and the way that it is, uh, he's developed. Cool. Perfect. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get to the fun part, which is the games we played this week. So for me, it's going to be uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Horizon Zero Dawn. I am finally into the game. Uh, I'm enjoying it. And NBA 2K22. Uh, we'll go. Rachel, what did you end up playing this week? Oh, God, I'm I have like three different games that are getting rotated around right now. Um, like I have to I never finished Dragon Age Inquisition when it mm. came out. I've tried to play that game, I think, four different times and I have never been able to actually finish it. But and and I've realized this this time around, it's because I hate the gameplay. It's not it's not <laughs> bad gameplay, but it's absolutely not the kind of gameplay that I enjoy. It's a little too boring for me. I don't like the way that they do that they do grind and things like that. There's a little too many fetch quests. But I love the story and I love the characters. I love Bioware's writing. So yeah. like I'm trying to yeah. push through it to get to the end. So that's like my that's like my evening game. Whenever my brain's turning off, about to go to bed, uh, but. The two that I've mostly been focusing on are Disco Elysium and Life is Strange True Colors. Oh my gosh, okay. I didn't hear about both. Go ahead. Oh my goodness. Well, Craig, I just wanted to ask what you played this week. That's oh, what all. I played. Oh, I'm um I'm currently doing Ghosts of Tsushima, but I'm doing the Iki Island expansion and then uh Tales of Arise are the two that I've been playing. Perfect. All right. Uh so what we'll do is we'll kind of go in rotation here because you have three uh rachel i'll have you go first craig squared and then myself and then we'll just kind of go around until we end up back at you so rachel your pick of the litter which one do you want to start with oh let's start let's start with disco elysium because it's the older of them yeah um wow that i understand now why that game was on so many game of the year lists the year that it came out. i think that was 2017 because like i hopped onto it kind of late uh, but I've never played a game like it before, and I've especially never played a modern game like it before. It definitely takes uh, takes inspiration from, I think, late 90s, early 2000s um, uh, word-based narrative games, but mm. as a whole, it looks very fresh, very new. Like, it is, it is so cool. It is a tabletop RPG, essentially, but put into video game form. It's got, you have the isometric, uh, isometric view style, um, there, there's dice rolls, essentially, for, you have, you have different skills, like you would, like, have dexterity or strength in D&D, and there, the writing is just, it, it knocks your socks off. It's so obvious that the guy is an author in the way that some of the ways that he's written things, it's the theme, the feel of the game is surreal. That is the entire feel of it. It just feels so otherworldly because of the way that he writes. It's so interesting. It's so out there. And even like the skills that you that you use that that are like things like D and D and perception and things like that, they all have weird names and are so niche. Like, 
I'll give you an example of like one of my favorite parts that I've encountered so far in the game. Um, I even wrote it down so I wouldn't start babbling. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but the way that basically the entire game takes place through dialogue. It's not which is. Another reason why I like it, one of the things I don't like about D&D is the fighting mechanics. So I like that everything is done through dialogue and and you have like, every action is narrated essentially, um, like your GM would. And the way that checks happen is when you're in a conversation uh, at different points during the dialogue, an invisible skill check is made. It's a passive skill check. And the computer rolls dice behind the screen. You don't see it happening. And you'll only know uh, that it happened if you pass. And when it mm. passes, you get a little, you get another text bubble pop up that interrupts the current one. And it has the name of the skill that it used. And then a little text blurb of the, the skill talking to you. You basically just have a lot of voices in your head telling you things. And usually it's stuff that gives you um, like tips about how to con how to continue the conversation to the like most effectively. So at one point I was talking to uh, talking to a guy that makes deliveries uh, to an industrial complex, and I asked him what kind of stuff he transported, and he said, "Oh, high grade narcotics, illegal firearms, stuff like that." And I passed two passive checks. Um, in that exchange for authority and rhetoric and authority is similar to what you would consider as intimidate, but it also is, um, it is also used for your authority as a detective, as a police officer and rhetoric is your ability to make connections with social context and dialogue. So just kind of understanding the tone of someone's voice. So authority popped in right after that and said, time to arrest him. <laughs> and then rhetoric popped in right after and said, relax, he's just joking. And then my, dialogue choices popped up so I could make a decision based on what my skills were telling me. It is so neat, but it is not a game for everyone because if you cannot stand wordy games where text is the entire thing, you will be bored so quickly because it is yeah. so much reading, but it is so incredibly written. I don't think you even need to like the game to to appreciate how well it's written. I've wow. uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about this game and like how popular it was and everything you've kind and I want to ask, are you playing the director's cut or is it like the original version you're playing? No, the director's cut with full, full, uh, yeah. full yeah. narration, full voice acting. Cool. Uh, like with that, the kind of the way you explained it, like I'm kind of more willing to give it a try. I've heard yeah. tons of people talk about the game uh, when it first came out and why it was on so many game of the year charts, but I didn't really understand why. Mm -hmm. um, neither did i I, I didn't really think much of it until i cracked it open and it does, doesn't really give you a great tutorial but the game is also just funny the sense of humor and it is amazing having these the, one of the skills that you have is called electrochemistry and it is basically how well you know drugs and how well you can use drugs that is the entire yes. purpose of that skill Fantastic. like it is so it. absurd and I was not expecting it to be as clever as it as it was. I really would recommend just like playing it for an hour just to experience the kind of writing it has. It's it's if it's not the game for you, it's not the game for you. But like, honestly, it's really not kind of the game for me either. But the writing just keeps me going. It's it's a really cool. good game to play if you're eating because you everything that you need to do, you can control either with the mouse or with the keyboard alone. So like, like a like visual me, novel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, essentially with like a little bit more movement. So if you're like yeah. me and you like to do something else like eat while you're playing a video game, it's very, very useful for that. Cool. All right. 
you have any opinions on it, Craig, or go ahead and go ahead into your game. Um, yeah, before I do that description makes me more so like you were saying, Barry, want to try it. Uh, I didn't have a lot of opinions or really knowledge about it, except that it did have a cult following. So um, I'm glad I can I'm, sell it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad, I'm glad you like, based on what you explained, I want to give that a shot. So, uh, wow. That was, that was a great description um, of it. Uh, what I'm playing, I guess I'll go, I'll go older, older first as well. It's a uh, ghost of Shusima, the uh, sucker punch hits. They released the Iki Island dlc but like it's a standalone game but dlc whatever uh so i i know barry that we i don't know if it was you and i or craig and i that had a discussion about the dlc and the upgrade aspect and how upset we were about the upgrade culture in general when you're trying to either purchase a game but purchase the ps5 upgrade so forth i'm not going to talk about that the game however not going to bore you with the game because most people have played it. However, the expansion and the Iki Island aspect is what I have dealt into in the uh, last at least 10 hours of my gameplay. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. With the game itself, (laughs) with the game itself, minor changes. Um, I do enjoy the PS five's controller and some of the things that I'm able to hear how it's more incorporated uh, bow and arrows feel more fluent um, or fluid and just there's a lot more involvement with the player because of the sound and all that aspect that I'm getting from that and with the um, actual Iki expansion they took a lot of things from the actual game but they changed it. So a lot of the sub uh, the submissions or a lot of the things that you're out on the map exploring, they took it and they changed it around. Like, for example, on the main island in the main game, you're looking for these fox dens so that you can incorporate these little cute foxes. And you could also expand your inventory and expand. And, and in the Iki Island aspect, there's different animals. I like, I almost don't want to, I almost don't want to give it away, but like... <laughs> There's monkeys. There's monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to find monkey shrines. You have to find all of these different things. I don't want to ruin too much of it, but they took what they had and they kind of just mm, turned it a little bit to the left, almost like they were screwing or unscrewing a, a screw. And it worked. And there's enough content to go around. The antagonist on the island is like something completely different. She's basically introduced in the second section of the main game and you could choose to go and do that dlc so to speak or you could choose to continue playing the main game so you don't ever have to explore Iki island at all but the problem with that island is there's uh basically a not a narcotic but like basically some type of drug that's causing the people to lose their minds on the island and follow this uh, female antagonist, which is named the Eagle. And she's great. She's very sinister. She's got definitely like one of the witches from Disney kind of vibe. Yeah. And 
the combination of the story, the one big thing that they do for anybody who's actually played the game is with Jin's backstory, they go deeper and deeper because when you get to the island, you get exposed to the drug a little bit and it's a lot of hallucinations and flashbacks as you so go So it's Jin's it. first time smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> and what's great is like you you could be going up right into an altercation or or you could be doing some parkouring or Jin's version of parkouring yourself and he'll just tweak out and the screen will get purple-esque and you'll hear the female antagonist's voice as she's because she's basically part of his system while he's on the island so a bunch of different things a bunch of different dynamics it feels like a different game but in the same one i recommend it i am very close to finishing the island but the next game i'm going to talk about is what stopped me in my tracks so why don't we go to you for yours so we'll just all start with the old stuff first mine's going to be horizon zero dawn the ps5 upgrade version and we've talked about it length on this podcast how many times i gave up on Mm. horizon zero dawn (laughs) uh and i think i'm finally starting to get into this game now uh like one the 60 frames a second i'm always surprised how much of an update that is and how much better the game looks because of that so first off like for people wondering if there's like a difference between 30 and 60, there, there absolutely is. Uh, there, there is a big difference between the two. And on top of that, like what her, what I'm starting to get into with the horizon and what a lot of people love is like the monster design, like these robotic mm-hmm. animal type creatures. Some are deer drilling deer. Some are turtles. Some are like these weird, like dinosaur things with sacks of like, fire and yep. uh, on them it's it's strange but the, the monster design is what gets you in and as i've continued to go further and further into the game i am having more fun with it like it's it's just a matter of like horizon takes a little bit i think to finally get into which was my problem for a lot of it is that horizon is a little slow and Really, the only negative thing I have to say about Horizon is in a lot of these games where you get different types of arrows or recipes, like you usually get them and unlock them forever. What I'm starting to realize, what I think with Horizon, or maybe I'm just not far enough, is that a arrow, like there are different types of bow and uh, of bows that do shoot different types of um like arrows Mm -hmm. so your starter arrow can do normal and fire but other arrows can do like this terra blast ice or piercing arrows so i think that's what i'm starting to understand more of because the game doesn't do a very good job of that like anybody that's played video games knows that like if there are different crafting of arrows you usually get the recipe and then you have it forever yeah um I'm a good I'm I'm probably a good like five, six hours into the game and like I haven't gotten this recipe. So if there is a if if there is a recipe, you don't get it till late. And I just wish the game did a better job of explaining that to you. So that way I'm just not sitting there with all of my shards, which is the uh, currency in the game, like six, six hours into the game going, well, like, am I supposed to buy this or should I wait to like buy the recipe? That kind of thing. Mm. So overall like i'm getting the monster design and like the exploration stuff is just very cool um i really sat down and wanted to get to play this game because i'm really excited for forbidden west and i bought the collector's edition so i want to do myself the service of 
beating this game and understanding all of the lore and all of the, you know, why it's so great. And I'm starting to understand that now. So Horizon Zero Dawn, if you can pick it up, like it's super cheap, especially the physical copy. And if you have a PS5 and have a TV or a monitor that could do like the 4K 60 frames a second, I highly recommend it. It is a lot of fun. All right. And then, Rachel, let's go ahead into your to your next game. Ooh, Life is Strange, True Colors. Yes, please, please yes. tell us. <laughs> so I have a very profound connection to the Life is Strange series, uh, which is entirely due to circumstance. Like the first Life is Strange, I think those kinds of games are so neat because they're so obviously made for a specific demographic, but what it does for that demographic is very, very impressive. And I just happen to be the exact demographic that Life is Strange <laughs> 1 was trying to market to, which was yeah. which was um, indie hipster girls who want to live in Washington because that's where all the indie hipster girls run away to who want superpowers and are in love with their best friend. Like, it's the... It is... So that, and the main character in the first game is 17 years old. I was 17 when I was playing that, so I found I could relate to it very, very well. True Colors is, I is it's the third in the series, um, and it is not made by Don't Nod, who made the first and the second games. It's made by Deck Nine, who made the prequel to the first game. Uh, so far, I think that they, I really liked uh, the the prequel beyond the, beyond the uh, before the storm. So I yeah. figured that they were going to do a pretty good job, but they managed to capture basically the exact same feeling in true colors that I got from playing the first game, which I think is very impressive because I'm not 17 anymore, but <laughs> It's kind of neat because it almost feels like they made this game for the audience of Life is Strange 1, but aged it up a little because they knew that their demographic had had aged up. So the main character, Alex Chen, she's in her early 20s, and she also deals with way more adult problems than Max, the main character in the first game, did. Like... Um, for example, one of Alex's things that she deals with is trauma based from her time um, as an orphan in the foster care system. And like one of the things that gets in the way is that her her special ability, her superpower is 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 basically empathy. She uh, when people are feeling strong emotions, she can see this colored aura around them, true colors, colored aura around them and hear write that down, what write, they, that down. write that down, write, write that down, write it down. They said the thing! They said the thing! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh... So, when that happens, she can hear their thoughts. Um, and based on these things, she uh, tries to help people. But the thing is, when it's an overwhelming emotion, like sorrow or, like, rage, uh, it kind of takes over her. So, she got into a lot of fights in the foster care system, purely because she couldn't control this power. And there's a lot of negative energy that goes around in the foster care system. It kind of exposes how difficult it is to be like a teenager in the foster care system, living at a group home or something like that. But it captures that same kind of magical small town, indie manic pixie dream girl energy that the first game had. And I, that I, I really like it. The voice acting mm. is excellent. It, it looks like a Pixar movie in the best ways possible. Uh, Really, just the animation really just looks exactly like a Pixar game. And 
my my personal one of my pre favorite things about it before I knew anything about the game was seeing an uh, an Asian male uh, main character who was not a ninja or didn't have some sort of intense martial arts training. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was really cool to just see a representation like that in in the main character. But like those games are supposed to be for diversity. Like they're real. They really hit that home. So I was I was unsurprised, but happy about it but the game is excellent if you let me just say i'll put it like this if you didn't like the first game you're not going to like true colors but if you did it just did everything that the first game did better okay i like that with you i'll have to have you on again just to know like your final thoughts when you finish up the game uh as well just because like everything I've been hearing, you know, there's a lot of talks about the power empathy and how it works in the game. So I'm, I'm interested to see what your take is on that once you get a little bit further into the game. Mm-hmm. Just because it it seems like the empathy, like it it's a power, but it's also like um, a loophole in some ways from what I get from the reviews. So I guess I guess okay. we'll see what that's all a loophole. About. How? What do you what do you mean? I haven't read like anything about it because I'm afraid of spoilers. <laughs> And I also don't want to spoil anything, so mm-hmm. I w- so I don't want to go any further into okay. it. So uh, f- I-, I will have you back on once you finish the game, and we- and we'll definitely get down more into it. Absolutely. But um, like we kind of got bum rushed with um, like re- games with a lot of good reviews. We had mm-hmm. Tales of Arise, which Craig is about to talk about. Ah. True Colors, which also had really good reviews come out. NBA, which I'm going to talk about, is probably the best sports game in a while oh, wow. uh, that I've seen. And then we've like, there's just so many good games coming out now. Like we've finally hit like the the game release season. I'm where, definitely playing you know, Deathloop th- this week, so yeah. yeah. And and we have um, uh, Far Cry Six. Yeah, it's not very far away either. And Kenna Bridge of Spirits next here. week. Yes. Yeah. I, Boo. Boo. Oh man, that pun was. Kick I had to him. Talk, talk, I have to stop talking about Kenna because that, oh boy, Craig, wow. Uh, you know, I, I, I know you, I know you make these puns, but every time you make them, it's like, oh boy, what a, what a reach. What a reach. What a reach. Halo it reach. Was, it was a, oh. Shut up. Oh my God. Yes. I'll kick myself. God. Yes. I love it. But with that, I'll let I'll let Craig go so he doesn't he doesn't make any more of those puns. Yeah. <laughs> and to stop me from making them as well. It's infecting me now. Yeah. So uh, Tales of Arise, uh Bandai Namco. I didn't know a lot about the game going into it. I know that this one was like the 16th or I think actually 17th installment of the game. And I have no Tales experience, no Tales. So it felt nice to play something that I didn't really know off the bat. And first thing is like, basically the premise is you have two worlds. I think the first one's called uh, Donna. And then you have um, Rena. Rena took over Donna like 300 years before the game actually happens with their advanced technological warfare, such like that. And they enslaved the world. So basically first thing I'm going to tell you guys about this game, there is a heavy focus on slavery. Like there is like a big effect of slavery because like the, 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 the one um, planet that was taken over uh, Donna, they have like a crystal that's in their hand when they're uh, actual, an actual slave for, Rena, and 
It focuses on two individuals, as most of these games do. One is from one world, one is from the other. Uh, to kind of keep a... I don't even know if it's a spoiler, because the one main character, the gentleman who's in there, he's basically Iron Mask for a undisclosed amount of time, but then you learn his real name. So if you're listening at home and you don't want to know his real name, that's fine. Iron Mask meets this woman called Xion, who has a power where if you touch her, it electrocutes you. And... She is basically being transported via train past uh, Iron Mask's um, slave encampment, to not, to, for lack of better terms. Push comes to shove. You guys know how these games work. They find each other. They help each other escape, and so on and so forth. They start to learn and grow and figure out what's going on. So what I like about this game is combat. I was totally and utterly surprised by the combat. Um, it felt quite real. There is a heavy focus on dodging. There is a heavy focus on making sure you don't spam attacks, even though it's an RP, an action RPG. Because if you spam some of your key uh, techniques, the fourth time, the damage goes way down. So they kind of promote expanding your library and making sure you're using all your skills. The game looks beautiful. Um, it's I, it's hard to say that on the generation consoles we're on now because I say that even about the games I don't like that's on either like a, you know a PS5 or an Xbox Series X you know so on and so forth. The game looks great. It looks so good, and I found myself because basically what they're going and doing is they're exploring each realm. There are five worlds that are controlled by these arena warlords, so to speak, that have these encampments and they basically siphon the energy from these people for their economic and power gain. And you have to go to each one and topple the ruler. Like the game explains that thoroughly. The game explains that early on. I'm about six to eight hours in. I beat the first boss. He was quite hard actually for an action RPG, I think, from somebody who's been trying to play more Souls-like games and such like that, just to kind of expand his technique with that. I can't wait for the other four worlds. First cool. world is, is encased in fire. There's like a huge wall that's separating you from the rest of the realms. It looks like a combination of like the Game of Thrones wall or like just general the Mordor wall. But if you had mm -hmm. lava coming down, but it looks, but the game makes it look fantastic. The characters, I'm not in it yet. I've only six, eight hours in the game. I'm not really in the characters yet, except the two main ones. Even then, I can't wait to learn more about them. Cool. But and it, it's exciting. Yeah, what I was going to say, just real quick, is for people that are wondering, wait, I thought Barry won this game discussion. My collector's edition got delayed. Uh, I am notorious <laughs> for having the worst luck. And I was very excited about this game and I will eventually play it. And Craig and I will again talk about um, Tales of Arise together. Yeah. But um, I'm just excited to hear you say that, especially like all all I want is for like these anime games like Tales of Arise and Persona 5, one of my favorite games of all time to get the credit they deserve among. Yeah. And you're wearing the shirt uh, for listeners. It is a Cafe LeBlanc shirt. So it's from Persona 5. Yes. But um like a lot of the anime games just kind of get a bad rep for being the same thing over and over again, uh, especially when it comes to like the Naruto Storm 4 games. Uh, I hate to say it, but the Demon Slayer game is going to be a lot like that. 
of and and like anime games in general do tend to have this like just fighting style to them and everything i've seen from tales of arise like kind of breaks that Mm -hmm. and you know makes you want to change it it's so much more about the story and so much more not about like a fighting brawler combat type thing but like a being an active participant in combat where it's not just like combos and stuff exactly but i'm i'm really happy you're liking it and I did just get an email today that my collector's edition is on the way. Yes. So when am I getting it? I've got no clue, but <laughs> we'll, uh, I can't wait to talk about it with you. Of course. Um, you actually conveniently said that piece at the end of the, uh, the, the rant I was doing. It, it's, it's great. I, I recommend it to anybody uh, for me to be that excited about tales. And I, and this is my first experience with the franchise. Like I, I want to play the game. I wanted to play the game today when I woke up. And I'm going to want to play it after this podcast. Darn, I, darn adult responsibilities keeping us yeah. from gaming. How oh, dare darn. they? But yeah. Uh, but yeah, if that's where we're, that's where we'll have it there with uh, Tales of Arise. Uh, the, the last game I'm going to talk about is NBA 2K22. I've already alluded to probably the best sports game of the year and the one I've played mm. in a while. Uh NBA just continues to, I, I, in my, in personally me, just kill it when it comes to gameplay presentation because it is the best out of all three of the games. Uh, gameplay wise, it's it's a lot better than last year because last year you were kind of just able to shoot up threes with whoever you wanted. Uh, in this game, it's more about like pick and roll, fading, uh, like driving to the basket a lot more. There's a lot more like realistic basketball in it. And that's what I love about it. Uh, it did take a little bit to get used to because I'm just not throwing up three pointers like Steph Curry and making them all the time anymore. <laughs> uh, but the the presentation is what does it in this game for me. I do th- that was a good three pointer, Rachel. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was really good. But it, it just comes down to presentation. Like there, before the game even starts, you know, there's a sideline reporter and it kind of cycles through. I, I've seen two. There could be three people like sideline reporters giving you um, the the lowdown of what's going on or, you know, a, a quick game summary. And then there's a whole halftime show showing stats and highlights from the game you're playing. Like it's something that Madden and what we wish Madden would do for years. Mm-hmm. It's something I wish FIFA would do a better job of. It's something I wish all the sports games would do a better job of like if if you have a next-gen console and you like sports games like of even if you don't like basketball like this is a game that's fun and that's saying a lot from uh like if you're not a person that likes basketball why would you like the basketball game well it's because it's a good sports game like it's it it draws in people to your sport because it plays so well and of you know, I had to go through the tutorials to learn some of the new mechanics and stuff. But overall, uh, NBA 2K, again, will most likely take the crown for best sports game for me this year. Uh, there's a chance that NHL does it, but NHL has such low expectations on my point of view that I don't <laughs> think it's going to be anything right. Uh, and FIFA, I played, the, I played the demo for the or the closed beta, and it didn't impress me at all. So oh. right now, NBA is like in the sports game of the year in a like literal landslide. Um, if there's any other way to put it, I want to say like NBA is like a black hole and it just swallowed all of the other game sports games <laughs> in the universe and, and ate it. And it's still there because it's, it's the best sports game. 
But yeah, that's that's where I leave it. Is there anything else or any other games you guys want to talk about? I don't think so. Um, I can't really play any more games. I'm just going to lose my place in all mm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you there. Uh, a part of me is like glad Tales was uh, delayed for me just because <laughs> yeah. it gives me more time days. Yeah. to get through Horizon Zero Dawn. Right, yeah. right. So as per usual, the last thing we're going to talk about is TVs and movies. Uh, I will have my impressions on Black Widow. That finally came out on DVD today, the 14th. Uh, so I'll finally be able to watch it. But for me, I'm going to talk about clickbait. Have any of you guys watched that on Netflix? No, it's it's on the watch no. list, but I haven't watched it yet. No. OK, it's it's this weird thing. And clickbait is this. It's a show where the. You kind of just start off like getting into it just as much as the characters don't know anything about it. Um, one of the characters ends up getting kidnapped and there's a video that somebody posts to like the, a YouTube equivalent website. And the man, the man puts up signs that says I've abused women. I've killed a woman. And at 5 million views, I die. Uh, so the whole, the whole story of this is okay. Where is the gentleman? Are these crimes true? Uh, and trying to learn more about the family themselves. And each of these episodes is a dive into like the characters in these worlds. Like the episode titles are like the sister, the wife, the father, the son. And it's these or the reporter. And it gets into these like character psyches of like what each of these person feels and how it works. Um, like I got uh, I, I watched it because my parents suggested it to me. Okay. And uh, I'm really enjoying the show so far. So if you guys have time, I would suggest watching uh, Clickbait. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of a thriller murder mystery type, type okay. of show. Yeah, that does sound extremely interesting. I actually didn't know it at all what it, at all what it was about. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Neither neither did I. Uh, but it's it's good. I, I would suggest it. Yeah. I, uh, I guys, definitely... Uh, I was going to say that was that's on my watch list and I enjoyed cool. the right. uh, the trailer. Um, I just have to get into it or start watching it at least. Yeah. But what did you end up watching, Craig? Um, I didn't watch a lot. It's been a lot of video games. That's fine. I, uh, <laughs> I did end up watching uh, Malignant. And OK, I highly recommend it, um, especially if you do have the means to watch it, because um, I, like some other people, were actually waiting until last Friday when it became available on HBO Max in particular, so you didn't have to go to the theaters to watch it. But it's James Wan. Um, obviously, he did like The Conjuring and such like that, and he's had his stake in scary movies. It's a different take, and I like it. I like okay. it a lot. It's um, it's got, it's kind of hard to explain. This is one of the actual scary movies that's hard to explain without ha having to explain whatever reveal the movie um, is. I mean, it kind of starts off and it starts off in a psychiatric hospital. There's a lead nurse or sorry, a lead doctor who is trying to contain this unstoppable person who has the psychiatric powers but's in a psychiatric ward like sorry psychic powers but in a psychiatric ward and they have the ability to control specific things and they give you that 
horror first 10 minutes that you guys are used to where they show it like what the problem is going to be and certain people die like some people you don't care the white about. people going into the house exactly yeah. that kind of thing and <laughs> that happened and you know you're kind of like ooh, you know i wonder what what this is about and then it kind of centers on this one woman who's in an abusive relationship with her husband and it starts off with like you kind of being sad for her because she is in this home and she gets kind of like a, you, you see her getting abused by her husband he like kind of throws her into a wall pretty hard and cracks her skull and then after that everything all of a sudden starts to get weirder and weirder with this woman so i don't know like i'm trying my best to be so ambiguous about it but after a while you start to see these kind of paranormal things happen to this woman where she's not sure what's real and what's not and you and i as people who see this head injury that happens to her are like, well, it's because he slammed her. Like, you know, and what's telling, but like you start to, as the use, as the user, as the watcher, wonder what's real and what's not. Is she seeing what she thinks she's seeing? It's worth a watch. It's not, here's what I'll say. And I'm, and I'm happy to say this because a Halloween is like 15 days away or so, or at least October's 15 days from now. I was going to yeah, say, I was gonna yeah, say. Not if, you're in my home, away, if you're in my home, Halloween is 15 days away because my wife and October I watch 1st. a scary movie every night from the 1st to the 31st. And sometimes we even sneak one till the 1st of November if we're feeling frisky. How, um, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? So what I will tell you is this movie for the scared people or the easily scared people, as I have repeatedly admitted myself, it is not scary. It's not, there's a couple of jump scares, but that's, it's not, I'm going to miss work tomorrow because I overslept because I didn't get sleep the night before because I was so scared. Kind of scary. It's great. Okay. Um, and I would say for anybody watching it with the 20 minutes left Mark, there's a totally different twist that if you um, are listening to this and you know, any of the three of us, please let us know how it, went for you because it's a totally different take on what I thought was a scary movie. Um, okay. Hmm. Watch it. Malignant. If you have HBO Max, do it. If you don't, borrow it. I wouldn't spend the 20 bucks to go to the theater to see it, but I would HBO Max it on a 55-inch or larger television. That's what I would do. Cool. All right. Did you end up watching anything this week, Rachel? Uh, yeah, I've started watching the newest season um, of Archer. I'm a huge ah, Archer fan. I have yes, actually, I have seen yes. every episode of Archer at least 10 times at this point because it's one of those, it's, I like to walk around the house having some sort of TV show like playing on Hulu or Netflix just as like yes. background yeah. white noise. Archer is one of my go-tos. So and like everyone in my house can attest to this, I have so many Archer quotes I can pull out of thin air because yeah. I know the show so well. He remembers so I'm so me. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers me. Lana! Lana. <laughs> I um I absolutely adore that show. I think Adam Reed is is such an incredible comedy writer. The way that he brings he he has so many recurring jokes in that in that show. I it's like it's kind of amazing how many they can bring back constantly. And even things like um 
like they got rid of phrasing and like what's season six or season seven and then they reference it later they're like why don't we say phrasing anymore like he is just <laughs> has so many of these jokes that he keeps bringing back and he's not writing the show anymore and they know that he stays on as an executive producer i'm pretty sure but like that humor has continued to be good i think the writing has continued to be good the only thing is it, this is an interesting time for for Archer as a TV show. Like you're hitting that. I'm pretty sure this is the 11th season. They've gotten renewed for at least until the ter- 13th season. I'm pretty sure, but mm. like that's a long time for for a show to be going on like that. And um, a lot of people a lot of people will say that like it's kind of gone downhill. I think that they've just settled into these different niches over and over again. Like I mean, when things started to get stale with the whole. Um, uh like cold war spy agency thing that they had going on they went into like archer dreamland archer goes into his coma and then they Mm -hmm. have these three different seasons that are basically alternate universes of the archer world and that really refreshed it and then the season after that was kind of serious because that's archer coming out of his coma after three years and having to encounter a world without him it's almost like a wonderful life (laughs) except archer gets to see exactly how much better people improved when he wasn't around yeah but just the way him being there completely just brought everyone back to the just regressed them into these terrible people that they were before is just amazing and i think it speaks volumes to the ways that they have developed the relationships between these characters in such an absurd comedy tv show and the new season has only continued to build on that archer still has like he still has a bum leg from from uh from getting shot and uh i i've only watched like a couple episodes into it but like they have a new protagonist that's that's it's kind of it's a little bit like the cars three of the archer season (laughs) because because isis not isis anymore because they had to get rid of that name but the, the agency formerly known as isis uh they have basically become they're too old now. They've become a legacy uh, group. They just, they're, they're not up to date. They're not hip. They're not, like, their new adversary is the this uh, is the spy agency that, like, has everything on them. They actually bought out their, and their rivals from the first couple seasons. So we're, like, starting to see how are they going to adapt to this? Like, we're sure they're going to adapt. It's Archer. But, like, how are they going to adapt to this of Archer facing the fact that he really doesn't have the chops anymore to be a spy because he can't, he like, he can't walk very, he can't even walk very well. And, like, how's the rest of the agency going to deal with the fact, like, oh, God, we're actually not that good at yeah. all. And we're losing all of our business. And to be honest, I'm a little, I've, been putting off watching it because I don't want to get to the end of the season because it's the last season that Jessica Walter fully voiced as oh, Mallory yeah, Archer. Yeah. And that show is not going to be the same without her. She no. added such a unique I she her comedic timing it it was just incredible the way that she, I mean she was in arrested development too, wasn't oh, she? Yes, she, she was, was. right in there too. Yep. But like mm-hmm. just the way her delivery is so funny. You just don't expect it looking at this woman and spe- especially for such like an accomplished actress that she was. But like, wow, she, her her character on Archer of, of Mallory Archer, she adds such 
a huge thing to the show. And I think unlike a lot of other TV shows, you don't have that rotating cast of characters where, you know, like we hit the third season, we're going to add in this character and they're now a main part of the cast and we're taking away this one. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like every Mm -hmm. show on the CW, like (laughs) Archer never did that. They Calling out the CW. Yes. I'll go off about the CW some other time. I have so (laughs) many problems with them, but like Archer never did that. They, added in Dr. Krieger as being a main character in the second season. He was already in a bunch of the episodes in the first season, but they have had no fluctuation in their main cast. It has just been this main cast. So Mallory Archer having to be written out, that's going to be a huge thing. And I really hope that the show maintains its great writing even after, after her character's gone. Cause I really can't imagine the show without her. Yeah. uh, That's, Archer is a show that like I, I've really been wanting to get into because everybody's like, oh, your name's Barry, like the guy from Archer. It's like Barry, Barry. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Barry the Cyborg. I have watched a yeah. decent amount of Archer, but I'm definitely <laughs> caught up. You will love that um, arc too, yo. So is uh, that how you crash a wedding, Barry? Yes, it is, other Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So I, I I do need to get more into it. I want to watch more Archer. I've I've been getting a kick of The Simpsons lately on Disney Plus. Oh, so that's fair. So I, I've I've been enjoying all thirty some odd seasons of that. So Speaking I'll, of I'll comp- get into Archer, I've gone on forever. Exactly. But uh, any anything else you got, Craig? Anything you want to add to that? Uh, that seems like a great note. I don't have anything else really, but uh, oh. that seems like a great time to. To at least end to the end television the portion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, to 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 end the movie slash TV podcast portion of this. So <laughs> uh I do want to thank everybody for listening. Uh this was a really fun time. I'm really glad you both could show up to help me uh record a new podcast. This Same. is uh th- this was a lot of fun. It's always fun to get your guys' perspective uh on things. And again, I really enjoyed what you guys uh what we talked about today. Thank you so much so, for inviting me. I'm, yeah. I'm yes. really excited thank to be both. here. Yeah, thank you for having us. With that, if you're interested in the podcast, please make sure to like it, review it on whatever whatever it is you're listening to it on, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcast or Bullhorn or Anchor, all of the apps that we have. Make sure you share it with a friend if you like it. Also, if you're interested in connecting with Craig or I, the two that run the social media accounts, we have a Twitter, we have a Facebook, and we have an Instagram. And... More video podcasts will be coming out. I did have issues with the first two once I uploaded them, so I have to fix those issues before I start making uh, more video podcast versions. But uh, we appreciate all all the support we've been getting, and we really thank you guys a lot for everything that uh, you guys have been just listening to us and enjoying the content we make. So I, from the bottom of my heart, thank everybody who does that. So with that, uh, we're going to say goodbye. So see you next time, guys. See you later. Bye, guys.